you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hey everyone, it's Melissa, and yep, I'm here on my own. This year on our podcast, I'm going to do one by myself, at least one interview with one of our fabulous certified practitioners, and a couple with my sweetheart, Dane. So we are all set, and I thought I would today draw a card from my card deck. You know, I created this deck called Whispers from a Horse's Heart way back. I think it was in 2000. And it is sold worldwide. I'm very pleased with it. The story of how the deck came to be was that I was looking for an affirmational, confirmational, uplifting deck that had horses. And I couldn't find any. There were none on the market. And I really did my research, looked around high and low. And pretty soon I realized, oh, wait a minute maybe I'm searching for this deck because I'm supposed to create it. And so I took on the task. My dear friend, Jan Taylor, is the artist of all the gorgeous, gorgeous paintings that I used for the deck. And at the time, she was painting quite a few of my own horses. And so it was really fun to collaborate with her on a lot of this. And she sent me 10 sort of eight by 10 prints of her paintings. And I started with just 10 of them. And I thought, well, I'll give whoever's going to be the writer of the deck kind of an idea of what I'd like to have them get into. But I didn't know I would be the writer of the deck. And I honestly feel like after that 10, she had not told me the names on any painting. Uh, All of it was new to her and to me. And when I told her what I had written about each one, she was really flabbergasted. She said, Melissa, I usually paint at night. I knew that was true. And she said, those thoughts that you wrote down and those sort of titles that you've given to them are what the painting is about. And so it was really fun. We kind of took that as another affirmation from source that we were supposed to do the project. So there are 52 of her paintings uh, in the deck itself, which made it in the day an expensive deck. Today, most decks are more money than my deck, but back then it was kind of an expensive deck to get printed because each card, the back of the card, is different. Instead of most decks do it a less expensive way, they have a book that goes with the deck, and then uh, the back of the card is the same on all the cards. But I didn't want the book. I wanted the simplicity. I wanted the deck to be more portable and something somebody could just select a card if the deck was sitting on their desk and read it and get something out of it. So for me, a lot of the different things that I put into this deck were so important to me uh, to be done well and, and done right. After I did this deck, now there are two or three other people that copied the idea and have equine decks themselves, but ours is the original, and it's the only one that uh, I think is is as deep as it is and takes you on this incredible journey from the horse's heart to your own. So I thought it would be fun when I have these times to actually draw a card randomly 
and speak a little bit about that card. So we're going to work on that today. So the card I drew has a very sweet little halflinger painting. And a halflinger is a, a super sweet breed. I've had the opportunity to work with them in the healing work. They're very sensitive to human emotion. And this little halflinger lived on my ranch a million years ago in Tempe, Arizona, and was such a kind, sweet horse that if she was out in a pasture where there were other horses maybe not getting along or playing rough, she was always the one that went over and interceded, calmed everything down, brought this really calm energy to the paddock. And so we named her Harmony because that's what she did. She harmonized a lot of the frequencies that were going on in the herd. So the card reads, vibrations of love and acceptance are emanating from you and around you at this time. You are seeking peace and simplicity at this juncture and offer the same to everyone about you. Notice all the beauty around you. Open your heart, sharing affirmations, affection, and love with those you care about. Your innate ability to seek harmony and to create it where it is lacking makes you a magnet for others. Gentleness, peace, love, and beauty are your tools as you are living your true purpose. At this time, seek to sustain tranquility, simplicity, and harmony in your journey. So I love this card. And you know, people are usually pulling these cards at random. So it's a thick deck and you pull one and you read it. And this card used to come out frequently for people in 2000, 2001, 2003, but less frequently now. And what does that tell us? That there's a deeper need for people who will create harmony that sometimes our life purpose is not necessarily what we do for a living or how we make our money, but it is actually your calling. And if you are a harmonizer or you are somebody that is seeking harmony and peace and, and kindness in the world, then claim the harmony card as your card. I'd be honored to have you do that. You know, for me, horses stay out of things like politics, right? They stay out of uh, family squabbles and, and they stay out of economic problems. And, you know, they stay out of all that stuff. That isn't their realm. It isn't their world. Their world is a world of serenity and peace unless they're having an issue with a human being. But if they're being treated fairly or no humans are around at all, they really operate in a very serene existence. And part of what that's called, part of their inner power, if you will, their inner essential gift is what I call it, is a coherence from their heart to our heart. So cardiac coherence is the source of inner power. It's physical harmony. It's emotional harmony. When we're in coherence, our nervous system and the other systems of our body are working harmoniously. Everything's coming together well. And it's been researched to discover that our heart actually sends signals to the brain to regulate our emotions. The heart's um, neurons with long and short-term memory, 
the signals the neurons send to the brain affect the emotional experiences. So there's a lot to this. Uh, I'm teaching a class right now called the Unique Class on Horses about this electromagnetic field that the heart emits. And it is powerful, very powerful. 80% of the communication goes from the heart to the brain and only 20% the other way around. So the heart generates, mm, I'm going to say 60 times, 70 times more energy than the brain does. And when we look at the equine heart, the equine heart is so much larger, five to 10 times as large as the human beings, depending on the breed of horse. So when we go to the barn and we bring something to our horses and we are in a state of love, we're in a state of joy, we're in a state of, hey, bud, so good to see you, baby. You're looking good. What can I do for you today? They respond in kind quickly. When you go to the barn and your heart is sad or broken or heavy, they also respond to that in an attempt to attune it, to, to lift your heart, to take that difficult, sad vibration and lift it up. You know, I've watched horses that have been good friends for their lifetime, and a horse will pass from uh, an illness, whether it's colic or whatever it might be, and the other horses absolutely are struck with grief, no doubt about it, feeling deep compassion, feeling sadness, and feeling grief. And I can remember back in the day when people would have disputed that. They would have argued and said, oh, Melissa, animals don't feel grief. But in fact, they do. The difference is they don't give it harbor. So they feel the grief. They breathe into the grief. They allow it to move through them for whatever time period it takes. And whether that's an hour or three or four days, they're not standing in judgment of being in grief. And when the grief lifts, they've moved their attention to something else. They don't hold it. They don't give it harbor. They don't feed it. And so part of the reason that they can return to a more joyful existence is that they're in this present moment as they move on in life. It doesn't change the level of their caring. And I think as human beings, we interpret somebody moving forward out of their grief, equating how much they cared for the being, the horse, the dog, the person that they lost. And it's such a fallacy that the two should equate each other at all. That has to do with our human ability to make comparisons and contrast and judgment. And none of that they do. You know, the horses aren't out there eating a flake of hay and saying, hmm, this hay doesn't taste as good as the hay she gave me last week. Their brain isn't making those comparisons. And if the hay is off in some way, they don't eat it. But for them, they're not judging it and they're not making the compare and contrast in their way of being in the world. And they are happier more of the time than we are. So maybe there's something to learn about that, how we feed and harbor difficult emotions and actually amplify them, actually add 
fuel to the fire, if you will, when we're adding on things that don't serve us and don't work. Horses don't do that. And so I think it's interesting um, to look at where their hearts are and where our hearts are and what they're really asking of us. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltis program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltis program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. They're asking of us to be present with them, that when we're with them, that we're with them 100%. We're not thinking about other things or riled up about something else, but that when we show up, we feel our feet on the ground, we feel our heart in our chest, we recognize the temperature around us, we take a look at them, and we see them, we truly connect and see them. And those moments for human beings are rare, sadly, are rare. Through thousands of years of partnership, horses have come to understand us, I think, like no other being. The eyes of the horse sees places deep within us. Their hearts reach places ourselves don't even know how to find. And with their touch, their mere presence, they heal us. They make whole that which is fragmented, restoring that which was lost. That's something that we wrote a long time ago about our method and how horses actually show up to, to be that being in that way. Sometimes people ask me, do I think that horses show anxiety? And I will say that the only time that horses show anxiety, it is human caused. So absolutely, if you don't go feed your horses for a couple days, and then you do for a couple, and then you skip one, and then you don't, sure, they get anxious because they're dependent on somebody putting food in front of them instead of not having fences where they could go naturally graze. So you can cause it. You can put a horse in a horse trailer and drive with no consciousness of how they're doing back there and actually create a horse having a lot of anxiety about being towed behind a truck by somebody who's not paying attention. You can, uh, there's just lots and lots of ways that you can create anxiety in horses. But horses by and large and of themselves and with each other, they don't do anxiety. You would never see in the wild herd uh, a horse expressing massive anxiety. You know, they, they don't need to. They may come across a situation they need to handle. You know, two young stallions and one band of mares, they're going to settle it. But you know what? When it's done, it's done. They don't leave and be processing it with anxiety longer than that. For my clients, I work with them to recognize that if they're feeling blue, 
or sad or depressed or down about something that oftentimes what they're focusing on is things that have not gone well in their past. Could be their far past, could be their recent past. And making statements to themselves in their brain about that. Uh, you know, oh, that was really bad. And it's, it, you know, uh, it, maybe it'll happen again. And I'm just a loser and whatever they can to repeat these negative incantations to themselves that keeps them in that negative state. When I see a client who is in anxiety, and not as a disorder, but they come and they say, I don't know why, but recently I've been feeling really anxious. It's usually because their focus, again, is pointed to the future and what they're concerned about in the future. Any of us can become anxious when we uh, listen to things in the news about something that's upcoming or we think about something at work that we need to perform on or else, or we're taking an exam and it's 80% of our grade. I mean, it's easy to make yourself crazy by worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. Where mental health often exists is the balance of those three states of awareness of the past, awareness of the future, but actually existing in the present. And so it's not that we forget about the past and it's not that we're not concerned about things that are upcoming. Uh, those are states of being that allow us to get better, right? Allow us to do better, to perform better or to create better. But the actual art of creation is in the present moment. It is in the moment you're living now. So it's sort of thinking about if you turn on the car keys and you're still in your driveway and you think, oh my gosh, this freeway is going to be so bad this morning. It's going to be so congested. It kind of scares me how crazy people are when they drive. And you can make yourself really work yourself up where your blood pressure rises, your heartbeat rises. But you know what? That hasn't even occurred yet. It hasn't even happened yet. And maybe, like me, you've had experiences where you think, oh, I better go early because it's going to be a lot of traffic this morning. And then you buzz through traffic and there wasn't any. And you think, huh, I thought there'd be a lot of traffic this morning. But this morning, everything flowed along really well. So in a way, it's not just that we create our own reality, which we do, but it's also we predict either positivity or negativity if we're planning into the future, how we think something's going to roll out. And it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. So it's awareness, right? We can't change the amount of traffic on the freeway, but we definitely can look at it completely differently and more importantly, experience it completely differently. I don't commute. <laughs> so I'm one of those very lucky people working from our ranch, from our home. Uh, I even have times when Friday will come along and Dane will want to go out somewhere and I'll say, oh, I haven't left the ranch all week. He looks at me, what? I said, I just haven't needed to. So I haven't left uh, the home, the animals or any of this all week. So I love those weeks, by the way, when that happens. Pretty fun. So feeling and remembering the negative emotions just creates an imbalance in our nervous system. 
And when we feel those negative emotions, those hearts send signals to the brain, which in turn signals to your hormonal system. And so it releases cortisol into the blood and all of which can be really harmful to, to your actual health and well-being. So this is about uh, harmony, right? This is about finding harmony, creating harmony, being in harmony, seeking harmony, noticing harmony, noticing what is working well. One of the things that I work on personally in my own psyche is if I'm in a state of difficulty somehow, maybe with the business or with the health of an animal or whatever, I work to ask myself, what is the primary question I'm asking myself around this situation? What am I saying? If I'm asking myself, oh my gosh, this again, how come this is happening again? Why, why is this happening to me? What is not good about this? Um, I'm in one state. But if I think and say, how could I ask myself a better question, such as, what resources do I have to change this situation for the good? What capability do I have that could help lift this situation back up? Those are better questions to ask. And it has a lot to do with how we approach life and how we look at where we're headed in life. By what question are we asking ourselves in any given moment? Well, I want to do a shout out to Hope Through Horses. They are an incredible organization. If you don't know about them, please go to hopethroughhorses.com. They support all things TBA, as they say, touched by a horse, the acronym is TBA. They support all things TBA. We're very grateful to them. They have done a lot of good for uh, people in the community that need a little assistance to be able to work with our graduates, etc. And I also want to give a little shout out for the fact that we are going under contract for our equine facilitator program right now. It does begin in April. It's a great way to make a living with your horse and have your horse actually pay his own bills. So it's a great way to do that. Uh, it's a nine month all online course and I'm doing a promotional uh, Zoom for it on the 28th of February. So if you can catch that, please do. If you need more information about it, you can call our office and also reach to us at touchedbyahorse.com. My email is M-E-L-I-S-A at touchedbyahorse.com. I'd love to hear from you what you'd like to have me uh, share, what you have as questions about your horses or your animals, uh, and, and relationships in general, because horses are the great relationship teachers. That's for sure. Thank you so much. Have a very blessed day, and I look forward to uh, chatting with you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.